0: it's right? so what it's all about is just diving deeper into Jesus and just diving more into a relationship with him and really knowing what it is to follow a God that is willing to come to earth, willing to die in our place so that we could have true forgiveness from all of our sins and being able to live in the victory and the freedom that comes along with that. Amen. Amen. There is so much that a life for Jesus has to offer There are so many blessings that come along, and sometimes it may seem like a sacrifice. Sometimes it may seem difficult, and that's because it is. A walk with Jesus is difficult. A walk with Jesus is hard, but oh my, it is so rewarding. Amen? We're continuing our series. It's titled Focus. Today, I've titled this message, The Path. Whether it is intentional or not, we're all on a path. There's this quote by Gregory Maguire not to be confused with Jerry Maguire, but Gregory Maguire, and he says, all paths lead to the same place, and that place is whatever comes next. Now, it's true that the path you're on, it's going to lead to whatever comes next. But it's just as true if you were on a different path, then what comes next would be different. This makes sense. You've probably heard that saying, um, the definition of insanity. It's doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result it's a well-known quote it is insane to think that if you stay on the same path you're going to end up in a different destination right but how many of do do this we expect different outcomes we expect different results in our lives we want to end up somewhere else but we won't change our path we continue to step in the same directions i want to encourage you today if you are struggling if you are at the end of your rope Maybe you're unsatisfied with where your life is right now, or maybe you're just not not quite there yet, and you want to be there, and you're you're getting impatient. If things aren't how you envision them to be, if you had a vision for your life and it's not playing out, then I encourage you today to change your path. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we just come before you today, and I just invite you into this place, God, like we sang in worship, your Holy Spirit, let your presence come in. Because it's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by your spirit that lives will be changed here today, Father. So we just invite you in. We open our hearts and our minds to you, God. And I lay down anything of myself. May it be, just fall away right now, and may your word come through. We ask this in your holy name. Amen. So walking a path. It is important to be intentional about the path you're walking. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. Give careful thought to the path for your feet. And be steadfast in all your ways. Now, when you read through this proverb, you can pull out two truths. The first one is we need to be intentional about the path we're on. And the second thing is we need to be steadfast. We need to take time to put our feet down with intention. Too often, we allow things around us to direct our paths. We don't think about when we get up in the morning what we're going to do that day. We don't think about the month ahead. We don't think about the years to come as far as it is in our daily pass. In practice, this looks like taking a stand. Being steadfast is, in fact, taking a stand. It's not wavering. It's not changing what you have as your moral compass. Others around you will try to pull you off course, but we are called to remain steadfast. We are easily pulled off course when the path that we're on has little to know substance. This is why I believe following God in his ways, staying on the righteous path is the right one. By definition, righteous is the right way. It's the way to be. So if there is a right way, there is a wrong way. And we are encouraged to be on the right one. The Bible, which I believe is the inspired word of God, is full of substance. There's so many people today that want to discredit the Bible. They want to say it's just an old book. It has old ways, old ideals. The things in it aren't relevant to today's day and age. Well, I want to encourage you. There's a reason why this book has stood the test of time. People who follow what is written in the Bible, that is how they are able to stay the course. It goes right back to what gets our attention, gets our focus, and what gets our focus gets done. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And when you are on the right path, people around you can depend on you. You have something called integrity, and integrity is just a fancy word of saying, doing what you say. You say something, you do it. That's integrity. As a Christian, we are called to be Christ-like, to live like Jesus. To know how to live like Jesus, you obviously need to read the Bible. You need to read the gospel, which talks about his life. You need to read the teachings of Jesus and commit them to heart. You need to know them in order to follow them. These teachings will act as your compass. Jesus is true north. And when you live according to this, the way you are, the path, this path will lead to eternal life. And we read that in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. This is the substance of the message today. This is what we need to get into us. This is what we cannot depart away from. So Matthew 7:13 and 14. Enter through the narrow gate, because the wide gate and broad path is the way that leads to destruction nearly everyone chooses that crowded road the narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life so few even find it when we are on the narrow path it is difficult when we have our compass, compass oriented correctly we make the right decision when we are faced with really tough decisions when we don't know which way to go because often in our lives we come to a fork in the road, right? We come to a spot and we have a decision to make. Will I choose this path or will I choose that path? Will I do the right thing or will I do the wrong thing? These are all decisions we face every day, often minute by minute. Just because you're on the narrow path that leads to eternal life, it doesn't mean you're going to stay on that path and that's hard for some of us to hear. We, We don't We think like once saved, always saved, and and there's true salvation, and there's people out there who are false converts because they're not really grasping this. They're not getting a hold of this message that Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 7. Life, it has no shortcuts. You take your eyes off of Jesus and onto the world and onto what glitters, what looks promising, you may just end up being fooled. I'm going to go through this exact same passage again, but through the message version. I like the way it puts it. So Matthew 7, 13 and 14 in the message version. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do, the way to life to God is vigorous and requires our total attention. So how much of our attention does the life with God require? It says right here, our total attention. And it says the way to life, to God, it is vigorous. It's hard. It takes work. It takes effort. There's agitation. Isn't that the truth? The way to life requires our total attention. And this is your focus. When you hear stories about men and women who do great things for God, they're always picking the difficult path. Right? They're not picking the easy way. No one, no one does great things for God. And it's like, well, yeah, I just went out and it just fell on my lap and it just happened. And all of a sudden, I was reaching people for Jesus and changing the world. No, there's always a story that comes before. How they go against the world. They go against the grain. And in they, they, the struggle and everything, they triumph. They choose a path that lacks security. They choose a path that is, it's hard to see the end of. They don't know the outcome of even what they're on. That is faith. They step out in faith, abandoning all their comforts, and they just rely on the Word of God. And what is the Word of God? There's a well-known passage in Psalms, chapter 119, verse 105. It says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. The Word of God. The Word of God is what lights our path. But only enough for your next step. It says, A light unto your feet. It's not a spotlight 20 years down the road, so you know exactly how it's going to end up. Where would your faith be if that's how the Word worked? But it will give you enough to know what your next step is. This is why it's so crucial to be in the Word every single day. You miss those days, you don't know what your next step is. You might take the wrong decision when you come to that fork in the road. This is how you walk with God it's not easy, there's no shortcuts, it's not a wide road. If you're on a path that seems easy, and everyone's coming along with you, and you're like, hey, this is good, then watch out, because we're told that that path leads to destruction. There's a story very early on in the Bible. It's about two brothers. One does what is right, and the other brother takes shortcuts. Genesis chapter 4, verses 2 to 7. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So in this story, we see Abel. He's doing what is right. He brings a good offering to God, and God looks at him with favor. He looks at his offering fondly. Conversely, Cain brings this offering that that isn't right, isn't his first fruits, and and he gets angry and jealous because God doesn't, doesn't look at him fondly. And God responds very matter of fact. And he says, do what is right and you will be accepted. It's so easy. That's kind of like what Jesus is calling us to do. He says, walk the narrow path and you will enter the narrow gate. Just do it. Just do it. And there's also a warning here in this story. God says to Cain, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. It doesn't say you kind of have to to rule over sin. It doesn't say it's an option or a choice. But God says you must. When God says you must do something, you must do that thing. Right? Like this is something as Christians we don't preach a lot about. We don't say that you must rule over sin. We kind of say just fall into sin. It's okay. God will forgive you. Everything's all right. It'll all work out in the end. But here it's, Jesus says, no, if you're not on the narrow path, you won't enter the narrow gate. So how do we reconcile these things in our mind? By taking the wide road and shortcuts, we're leaving ourselves open to the attacks from the enemies. It's like leaving yourself vulnerable. If you give Satan a foothold, he's going to walk all over you. He will take his foot, he will hold it down in your throat, and he will have his way with you. That's true. That's what we're allowing to do when we choose the wide door. It says sin is crouching at your door. Crouching. Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking to devour, looking to eat you, looking to attack you. You know that image of a lion when he's hunting his prey and he's going through the grass, right? And he crouches down real low and all of a sudden he's quiet and he sees his prey and he waits for us to be weak. And then he attacks us just like that. This is the image that scripture gives us. It talks about Satan as a lion on the prowl. He desires To have you. But Cain is reminded in this passage to rule over sin. But we know what happens, some of us, right? Like, unfortunately, Cain doesn't rule over sins. He doesn't heed these words and he allows anger and jealousy to consume him. Cain gives into his sinful nature and he ends up killing his brother. There's many examples of this in the Bible, many examples of people giving into their sinful nature. And unfortunately, there's been many examples of this in our human history. Since the time the Bible was written, and there will be continue to be people in today's culture. There's many people today in our world, in our country, in our city, that just give in to sin, they commit these great offenses against God, against God's creation. We see it, we hear the stories, we've been victims of it, we experience this. It's not like a person wakes up one day and says, Hey, I think today I'm gonna to be a murderer. That seems like a good career path. It's not how it works. You know, we can laugh at that, but the truth is, it's a slow fade, and it's many micro decisions that lead us to those dark places. It's the one wrong decision after another wrong decision, and it becomes more normal to us, and more acceptant to us. And we, and we live in this world, in this society, and these things, they're like, yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay to, to not follow these words in the Bible. It's okay. There's just a little, a little bit of sin is okay. We we lie to ourselves and we tell us that way. And if you're on that wide open highway, you are headed away from God. When you have those thoughts, when you're tempted to take shortcuts but you think it's going to be easier, I encourage you to nip it in the bud. When you have that temptation, nip it in the bud. Speak the name of Jesus over it. Call out in the Holy Spirit. Nip it in the bud. When you get distracted by the world, nip it in the bud. Don't let it linger. Don't look again. Getting off the narrow path and onto the wide road, it starts with lies and deceit. A lie here, a lie there, it may seem harmless enough. It may even get you out of a bind. It may even give you the image of being holy. That's what deceit can do. People can deceive you and you're like, yeah, they're, they're living a really good life. And it may even get you ahead. But I assure you, it only get you ahead for a short time. Those lies will not last. Plus, you're living and lying to yourself. You're not being your true self. This is not how we're called to live. The breaks and the advancements that come from deceit will lead to your destruction. That's what the wide road looks like. Living in the truth is a difficult path, but it is a path that'll lead to the venture of a lifetime. And that's the good news. Like when you choose Jesus and you choose to live for him and you choose to live for the truth, you are going to live that life that Christ says he promises you, that life to the full. It starts by choosing the narrow path. Satan would love to keep us in the darkness. He would love for you to hide away all of your shortcomings. Satan wants you to take a shortcut, right? Satan wants you to choose that security that in this Western culture we preach and preach and preach, like, get the secure job, get your retirement plan, right? Pay into your retirement plan, then retire, and then then you're good. And that's, Satan wants us to choose security every single time. If you're willing to fight, and if you're willing to rule over sin, and choose to triumph, all it takes is a decision. Just to say, here I am, Lord, and use me. And you say that, you better be careful, because then the Lord begins to open doors. I've seen it in my own life, and, and all of a sudden the narrow path becomes clear. And one step at a time, you're walking it, it's always a choice in the light. It's always a choice of sacrifice. It is a choice that will lead to helping people around you, too. You know you're on the narrow path when people around you are just being blessed by your presence. And they're being blessed by your generosity. And I've experienced that with people even at this church. When you fight the darkness, then you lose your weakness. When you fight the darkness, you lose your weakness. I was going to talk to the men in the room for a minute, women, you can listen to, but this is specifically for the men. God desires you to be strong. It is God's design in a family for the man to be the spiritual leader in a household. And one reason why I think our world is being filled with more and more darkness and why the generation that's coming up is just so much more and more confused is because the family is being attacked. God has a design for family, the husband, the wife, and the kids. And the power structure is supposed to be in that order. Husband, wife, and kids. And this might not be a popular message. This is something for people that's hard to hear, but this is the way God designed it. And this order is being neglected. The collapse of the family can be pinpointed on a man not stepping up into his God-given role. And this is on us as men. We're not doing enough as a father. We're not doing enough as husbands. We are called to be strong and courageous. But when you allow darkness into your life, you're weak. When you allow darkness in your life, you are a coward. Do you enjoy being weak? Do you? No, I don't think so. Of course not. But too many men are taking that wide path way too often, right? We just check out. We want to escape. We want to, we think that's going to lead to peace. But true peace comes from being present. True peace comes from being focused. No substance abuse, no sexual fantasies, no slacking off at work, anything you use and abuse will eventually end up making you its slave. That's how it goes. And it's all the distraction, and it's all an attack. And we deceive ourselves into thinking this is just a normal way of living, but really Satan is using this to numb our minds. You need to be made aware of these things. I hope that these truths are speaking to you today. True peace comes from being in, in the Lord's presence. Satan knows. He knows that a healthy Thriving family will win souls to Jesus. And it scares him. And this is why, as men, we need to be so focused on doing what is right, living out our God given role, taking the narrow path. We're all called to take this path together women, men, children. I just believe that there's a specific attack going on right now. And we need to be fighting back. And when you do this, you're going to be seen as strong. And when you, you're going to have the most extraordinary life ever if you lean into the truth, to stay the course or focus. It needs to be on our Father in heaven. Now, I want to take a moment right now and just do a little bit of an illustration. I'm going to get Jason Knott up here. He said he didn't want to come up, but I, I volunteered him. And Ben Klassen, he's always willing. Okay, if you guys come up here, I'm just going to... So, Jason, I'm going to get you to stand right here, and you're going to face everyone. And then, Ben, you're going to stand right here. And you're going to just look right about there. And then I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to look right about here. Okay? So I'm myself, and Ben is his self. And Jason, he represents God right now. See? A little higher up. It's good. So Ben, what I'm going to have you do is just take a step forward straight ahead, like that. And another straight ahead, just like this. And this is what happens when we live our lives apart from God. We're just doing our own thing, minding our own business. Now Ben, step back to the edge right here in line with me. Now look at Jason, okay? Turn your body towards him. Now take a step towards Jason. Now take another step towards Jason. Now as Ben and I are walking towards God, what ends up happening is Ben, come on, a little closer, a little closer. Ben and I are actually getting closer together. You see that? And when we were wide apart at the distance, we didn't have this relationship. We weren't working in unity. All right, you guys can take a seat. Thank you. You're a great help. Let's give him a hand. I see, I see acting in their future, definitely. <laughs> but when our past, when they're focused on a common God, then we truly will be unified. Our words and our actions, right, they line up. Our goals and our vision will be the same. Sometimes within even like our own religion and Christianity, people can be so far apart and we wonder Why? And I believe it's because we're not seeking God with all of our heart, not seeking God with all of our soul and all of our mind, because if we were, as we draw near to him, we draw closer together. Now, this is an illustration we often see in a married couple with a husband and wife. They have this little triangle, and they get closer as they go to God. But this is true of us as believers. We will be more unified as we get closer to God. We are called to be one, as Jesus and the Father, as one. That is such an incredible oneness, such a closeness. It seems impossible, and it is impossible in our world. It's impossible for us to live in that much unity apart from God, which is why we need to be so focused on what He's doing, so focused on what He has for our lives. If you lay down your life for the sake of Jesus, if you take up your cross and follow Him, then you will experience true oneness with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. And through the glorious sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus, we can experience true freedom. True sacrifice leads to true freedom. Freedom from the darkness, freedom from deceit and lies, and yes, freedom from the sin in our lives. There's this saying, it's called the good old days. I remember my grandpa would always talk about the good old days, when stuff was cheaper, when a handshake was as good as a signed contract, and people were just generally better. Men and women were honest. And, and talks about it and talks about it. Now, I didn't live back then. And from what I can tell, people still have their problems, right? And they definitely still needed Jesus. But if I am perfectly honest, there's something inside me that longs for the good old days. I do believe people are tired of new age ideas. And that there's this recognition that we need to humble ourselves. We need to pray. We need to ask for forgiveness for what's going on in the world. And then God will heal our land. We need to turn back to righteousness. Follow God with all of our heart. People are fed up with all these new pathways. There seems to be a new pathway every single day. There seems to be a way new to identify ourselves. A new way to be. A new way to live. The next best thing is always out there. And I see all these pathways leading to confusion and leading to corruption, leading to depression and anxiety, leading to perversion and to darkness. All these options are only leading us away from God and just just scattering us. That wide road is so wide that I could be here, you could be over there. We're not living in unity. We're not living in harmony. We're wandering around like lost sheep, not knowing where to go. That's what the wide road does. I'm here to tell you there is a true path, a narrow road. When we are faced with which way to go, we should look at the ancient path. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. You may not know this verse, but it's good. It says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls ask where the good way is do we do that enough in our lives as we're walking around and we have decisions to make maybe we have these life-altering decisions do, is the first thing on our minds where's the good way not usually sometimes it's where's the easiest way sometimes it's where the way that i can profit the most and make the most money right we look for those shortcuts all too often but we're supposed to ask where is the good way I've shown you the good way today. It's the narrow gate and the narrow path. It's the difficult way. It's the way of truth and the way of life. The holy way. The only way to life. It's the Jesus way. And you read in John John 14:6, Jesus answered, "I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." So how do we get to God? Through Jesus. Jesus, right? And what's the other way? There is no other way. He's the only way. The only way to get to Jesus is, and to heaven is through Jesus. Can I tell you statistically, the church is no different from the world? And that's kind of hard to hear. But statistically, abortion is just as prevalent in the church as it is in the world. Statistically, divorce is just as prevalent in the church as it is in the world. Statistically, drug use is just as prevalent in the church as it is in the world. And I'm here, there should be a difference. There isn't a difference, but there should be a difference. Do you know what happens when you claim to be a Christian, but you live in the same world that the, the way that the world does? What happens is you end up getting tired. You end up getting worn out because you're always trying to put on this image. You're always trying to fight. You're always wrestling with your inner demons. If you want rest for your soul, Like it says, taking those ancient pathways, you will find rest for your soul, then walk the narrow path where you can reconcile your faith with your words, with your deeds. Where there's no pretense, where you don't have to put anything on, but it's actually authentic. It's actually real. When you say something, that's the way you live. Going back to that word called integrity. If we have that integrity, then we will have rest for our souls. We will have that peace, that passed. All understanding by living in an authentic life. My fear is that our fear is in the wrong place. We all fear something. I remember back in the 90s, there was that slogan, no fear, and everyone was all into having no fear. But honestly, we all have fear. And the issue isn't that we are afraid, the issue is what we are afraid of. We should be afraid, we should have the holy fear of God in our hearts. We should be so afraid of God that our entire way of living, our entire life is so shaken when we enter into a relationship with Him. Our fear of Him should cause us to live lives drastically different, radically different from the world. That's how afraid we should be of God. It's a holy fear. It's a healthy fear. You know, it says in Revelations that there's a special place in hell for people who claim to be a Christian but don't live according to His words. They say it's the worst part of hell for those people who kind of do what's right, kind of do what's wrong. They're hot and they're cold, they're in and they're out. That scares me. I don't want to be a person like that, either all the way out or all the way in. Those are our options in order to follow Jesus. When we take hold of the fear of God, when we envision how we will look, when we are standing before God, and he asks us to give account for our lives, With our internal soul in the balance, how will we answer? When we live today with our internal soul in mind, then our lives will be radically different. If we're actually believing it, if we're actually living today like that's going to happen, then we're going to change the world. If we actually love the Lord our God with all our soul, all our hearts, all our minds, and we are authentic in our callings, then we can change the world. It is time that this church started going against the statistics. I'm urging you guys here today to take this word to heart. Live your life on the narrow path that leads to that narrow gate that has the only one way to get there. My final plea to you today is that this word would not depart from you. So often we can hear a word from God and we walk out these doors and we just forget it and it doesn't change us. We don't live any different. And it talks about that in Scripture, James chapter 1, verses 22-24. to 24 says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let the word become like poetry, written and fulfilled in your life. That's how the word should be. It should be like poetry, just, just inspiring us. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like a person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his own face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word but then you go out and forget your divine origin. We know how God made us. We know how God sees us. You can sit here today and you can say, Amen, yes, I understand. This is how I'm supposed to be. And then you can leave those doors and you can forget everything that happened. And you can just go back to the plans you had and not change a single thing. Do not forget your divine origin. We are masterpieces. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? This is how we are. We are God's creation. We are precious to Him. We are made in the image of God. That is important. That is special. Don't let this world world lie to you and discredit what you are. You can do so much. You're not just one person. Because when we're all following God and we're all working together, we are His body. And we come together and we can do so much more together than we can do apart. Amen? And it's through love. And it's through the love of God. And through that holy fear that we can change. The challenge today is not only to say with our mouths, we believe in Jesus and are saved. That's the easy part. The easy part is to say it. The challenge today is to live your life and have your actions and deeds speak for themselves. May the world see us in a different light. May we bring people running into this church because they see the way we are living. Not by what we say, But what we do may we show people how to walk the narrow path by our example i know a lot of you here today and i know you can do this i know we can choose the narrow path part of that starts with just not judging others like it's so easy to judge others and we do that sometimes because it makes us feel better like i'm not as bad as that person and we point the finger but today this message is designed for us to take that finger and point it at ourselves And honestly, that's what I'm doing. I'm standing up here. I'm pointing the finger at myself and I'm saying, how can I do this better? How can I live better? These are questions that I've been struggling with. These are questions that I've been asking because I feel like I don't measure up. I know there is more I could be doing, but I need your help with that. So will you guys ask that question with me today? And will you choose to walk in the narrow path? Let's close in prayer. Father in heaven, Dear Jesus, we just come to you right now. Come to you right now. And God, I just ask that your presence would fall on this place. I ask that the mirror of your beauty, the mirror of your grace, the mirror of your kindness would shine on us here at City Light Church, God. That we would see the areas of our lives where we need to work on. The areas where we don't quite measure up, God. But that we would see them in in your love. We would see them in your glory and we would know that you're not disappointed in us and you don't condemn us, but you say there is a better way. There is a greater way to live, Jesus. I'm so thankful that you are the way. I'm so thankful that you are the truth. I'm so thankful that you are the life, Jesus. You are the only way only way for us to be saved. I just feel today that we we need to pray to God and we just need to ask him to forgive us for all those times that we were so easily distracted where we took our, our feet off the narrow path and we went on to the wide road. God, I just—I ask for myself, just forgive me. And if you're here today and, and you want forgiveness for that, just, just ask God right now to forgive you in your heart. God, we, we want as a people, we want to turn, turn from our wicked ways, God. We want to we seek you. We want all of you. We want that full life that you promised us in Scripture, Father. Thank you so much that you did not leave us alone, but you left the Holy Spirit as our helper, God. Through the Spirit today, God, I ask that every member of this church will be filled and inspired. And if you're here today, and you haven't accepted Jesus in your heart, and you haven't made that decision to follow Him, there is a prayer you can say, but make sure that you want to say it. Make sure it's more than words. Make sure that it's actions in your life. And maybe you've said that prayer before, and you don't feel like it was authentic. Maybe you've said it, and it was only words, and nothing changed. And if that's you here today, I just want to lead you in that prayer because it's the most important step you can make. It should change your life. So if that's you here today, you can just say this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I know only you can take away the sin in my life. I ask you into my heart. Make my heart your home. Dwell within me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In the name of your son, Jesus, amen. Now, with everyone keeping their eyes closed and their heads bowed, if you said that prayer for the first time, I just want you to to lift up your hand and acknowledge it. And even if you said that prayer for the second or third time, but this time is different. This time is authentic, and you want to live that life on the narrow path also raise your hand. We want to help you out. If you've, you've received salvation today, we want you to go back to the Connection Kiosk. We want to help you with your next steps. We don't want to leave you high and dry. So God, be with us this week as we go out and we live our lives, God. Keep us accountable. Keep us authentic. And keep us in your will. Amen.